The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond, and hello and welcome to episode 790 of Beyond. It's IGN show about PlayStation. If we've been doing 790 of these things, you probably picked up on that by now. My name is Max Scoville, and I'm joined today by Matt Kim. Hello. Wow, 790? That's cool. We were only here for like 200 of them. It's not a big deal. Uh, Brian Altano. Probably a lot more than that. This could be some people's first episode. That's true. Welcome aboard, everybody. And Akeem Lawanson. Beyond, baby. How y'all doing? (laughs) Now, let's take a minute. We like to talk about mugs on the show a whole lot. You are drinking out of the head of Winston Churchill. Yes, the British bulldog himself. He even got he even has a little bulldog right there. It's really cute. I don't know where you get these things and I don't want to know and I regret even drawing attention to it. For those of you listening at home, <laughs> you didn't miss anything. It's a mug that looks like an old man's head. It's a weird thing. We this, got some, this episode is brought to you by garbage.com. Yeah. Get over to uh, refurbishedmugs.net. It's an Earthlink website. You'll find some good deals on there. They accept checks and PayPal. Um funnymugs.edu. Now we got some cool stuff to talk about. There was that last state of play that feels like a million years ago. We have some strong feelings about that. The PlayStation VR 2 has been out for quite some time, namely a week, and uh, Akeem, you've been playing a bunch of it. You have some feelings about that. Uh, we're going to talk a little yes. bit about Suicide Squad, superhero games as a whole. I previewed Crime Boss, Rock Hay City, but most importantly, at 12.03 a.m. Japanese time, FromSoft decided to just randomly announced that Elden Ring is getting DLC, a brand new expansion. They could have announced this when they they surpassed 20 million copies sold. They could have announced it on the one-year anniversary of the game, but no, 12.03 a.m. local time. Get good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's just they just pop out of nowhere and just sucker punch you with they the news. They forgot about it, and they just remembered it. They're like, oh, oh yeah. my God, we have this I, thing. Apparently, I, yeah. I got up in the middle of the night to pee and looked at my phone and had a little special surprise and that was an Elden Ring logo so <laughs> yeah. thank you for that from soft so in addition you to- might want to get that checked out right <laughs> <laughs> It's not normal. <laughs> you may be suffering from FromSoft DLC. Talk to your doctor today. Uh, That's right. I didn't specify where the logo was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's called The Shadow of the Erd Tree. It's going to be a full-on single-player expansion. That is basically all we know, aside from what we've gleaned from a big old piece of key art that shows things shows things off. And people, of course, are, like, picking over it and doing all that weird nerdy analysis that... Waldo is in there. He is. And he's dead. <laughs> he got killed by a big horse or something, you know? <laughs> 
Waldo wouldn't last a second in there. <laughs> Enemy felled. Yeah, if you haven't seen this, it's just a big old beautiful field of, of grain of some sort. And there's like ghost gravestones, which seems almost redundant. There's a bunch of fog. In the distance, there is what I believe is the Halig tree, which is covered in what is undeniably succulent yellow honey. Delicious dripping from the beehive. No, it's probably death blight, which makes you go insane so hard that your head explodes and a tree grows out of it. Uh, and then in the foreground, there is your good old pal... Um, torrent the the one the wonderful little horse ox the yak elk, horse elk, yeah yeah whatever the and cord yeah <laughs> and on the back of of torrent <laughs> there is a character appears to be a blonde long-haired person with braids who uh i think initially was like oh who's this lady and then it was apparently uh people think it's it's Michaela, who's actually the twin brother of melania who was is trapped in a child body and gets kidnapped by Moog and who I think you like you fight like some version of him mm -hmm. but it I don't I, it's I feel like whenever I'm like yeah I sort of know what's going on in that universe I like read like three wikis and I'm like what the f what did I just read who among um, us hasn't been trapped in the child body <laughs> exactly yeah but I mean it's definitely a it's a uh, it's a cool it's a cool image I'm hoping this is like a full scale like massive you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. This is amazing news. I'm super happy about this. I want I want more Elden Ring. I love Elden Ring. I feel selfish wanting more because it's a massive, just incredibly delicious game, just endless fun ways to die. I, I think I've I, I killed every single boss in that game. I was in a bad mood one day and I killed every NPC. I did everything you can do in that game, basically. Um, so I can't wait for more of it. This is this is really exciting. Especially because and Matt, you and I were talking about this earlier, uh, about just like the like FromSoft DLC is historically really good. Yeah, really like, good. The stuff they did for Bloodborne was awesome. The Ring City stuff they did for Dark Souls Three was awesome. Um, you were talking about Dark Souls Two DLC. Like they don't they don't f around. Like they, no. they, they put like I like that these are expansions. Like mm -hmm. I think we the term DLC is utterly meaningless in yeah. the age of digital download and post release content. But like you know you you occasionally get oh DLC it's a it's a new set of armor maybe like a new character to talk to aside right but in this case like this is typically a full massive area a whole new chunk of story yeah uh, in this case i'm from what i'm seeing it looks like they're going to do something to kind of overhaul the, the world state which could be interesting it also could be one of those kind of hunter's nightmare types of things where it's familiar but also different like this is a new i don't know you know yeah dimension alternate timeline something yeah. like that the hunter's nightmare thing was sort of like here's bloodborne but it has like rocks disease you know everything mm -hmm. was covered in like boulders and and old stones and stuff like that so like uh, I, I guess like kind of architecturally it was similar for a bit but they bobbed and weaved a lot and got you in different areas so yeah i'm 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 down for like a whole new area or like a a a tainted version of an existing area that has some fun new castles in it and horrible blights, all sorts of ghouls and creatures of the night. Big fan of that stuff. My favorite thing is you need a guide to access the DLC in a lot of the front songs. Yes. Like some of them are just so hidden that you're just like, I don't know where to go. I don't yep. know what to do. There's DLC in here somewhere. What yeah. is it like? You have to you have to get like kidnapped in Bloodborne or something. You have to go like behind a tree and then like you just disappear or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. then in I, what is it in Dark Souls Three? You like go find a big egg or something, mm -hmm. was it? and lie in it. Yeah, that's yeah. normal. What, who would have <laughs> never? Who, but people are guessing. Blow three kisses at the magic pasta pot. <laughs> I guess it like at Moog's palace. There's like Michaela's body or whatever has his hand outstretched, mm. and people think it's like you're gonna go do a little handshake, and then you're gonna go to another place. So people are already guessing what you're gonna have to interact with in the existing world to wind up in this DLC. So you know, I I don't know. I love. 
I love what this community does with li- little to no information and just mm-hmm. like the kind of elaborate theories that get spun up. But um, that's cool. The bad news is there is no, we don't have any timeline on when this is coming out. Right. I mean, luckily it's a massive game and there's still probably stuff plenty of people haven't done in there. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's it's in development officially. And I'm, I don't, what, what that means is anyone's guess, but yeah. You want to know, you want to know, Max, what we do know is coming out very soon, actually in April. What? Horizon Forbidden West DLC, Burning Shores. Is anyone excited about that? I, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess uh, that's that's you good got for any insanity hunting came out in the trees at all. What's going on over there? That you know, that game's a year old as well. How come no one's talking about Horizon Forbidden West? There's all this talk about Elden Ring. Why? Why is there so much talk about Elden Ring all awesome. the time, and no one's talking <laughs> Elden about? Ring kicks ass. Yeah, we like it better. Check well, it out. They made so does Aloy. <laughs> what? Festering fingerprint. Aloy's yeah. doing great. She's having a good. She's on PSVR two now. She, yeah. yeah. You know, wanted to get yelled at, or you can do that. And the game sold well. It was critically acclaimed. It was just Im- sure. immediately forgotten yeah, when Elden Ring came sure out. That's okay, Akeem. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. I, I just think I just think you all let those awards go to your heads. Like you, you won a bunch of awards at the Dice Awards uh-huh. and last year at the Game Awards. Do you know what Stockholm Syndrome is? Because that's what happens with Elden Ring and any FromSoft game. Is it just it it horribly abuses you, and you're like, but I love it now. It's nice to me. It's good. Things are great. Everything's fine. Speaking of Stockholm that, Syndrome, I have that, to syndrome myself out of here. Actually. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Matt has. To, uh, I didn't mean to scare you away, Matt. Was, oh. <laughs> I, uh, I have a interview mm-hmm. that fans of playstation games will be excited to hear when it comes out in like Ooh, wow we i mean we had you here to talk about some actual stuff but you do have to bounce so I do have to get, bounce. A, get yeah. out of here i mean i guess if you get bored come back in you know? yeah we'll see how we're doing we're, yeah. Just, yeah. we're yeah. keeping the doors yeah. open yeah. if there's anybody else out there who wants to come and sit down yeah. you know have a That's good time good. all right Bye. yeah yeah we run a tight ship buddy. here on yeah. on the uh, beyond the number one here let's just now, Akeem, uh, <laughs> Horizon got its yeah. love, right? It it sold really yeah. well. It was critically acclaimed. I just think that like, like Elden Ring, to be blunt, kind of ate its lunch. Like it came it came in a couple weeks later, and it just it, to me overhauled what open world games are in the same way Breath of the Wild did. Whereas like Horizon was was functionally really good and aesthetically like really strong, but also just a little it it was a complete opposite experience for Elden Ring for me because it was incredibly talky it was overly you know explanatory i felt like there was a lot of like just like needless padding in side quests and just it, like the discovery wasn't there for me on the same level whereas when Elden Ring came out it was like this gigantic incredible open world that was a mystery and i i didn't i think that like those are completely different approaches to open world design and one is not necessarily better than the other but i think that i find that i prefer more of the like mm-hmm. hey like go explore go go get lost go go see what you can find rather than like a lady with a bluetooth headphone headset who's just constantly getting well also specifically it's, it's called a focus by the way it's a focus not a bluetooth well, it made me want to focus on something else, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, like that's. I think the key thing there is that like Elden Ring is a role-playing game. It's an open world. Like open world, by definition, is really not suited for telling stories. Plenty of games have proven that you can tell good stories in open worlds, but for the most part, it's kind of like letting. It's how a player interacts with it that really is the story. Like you right. make your own stories, and when you're also making your own character and kind of filling in the blanks of what's happening and why it's happening, I think there's much more of a sense of ownership there. Whereas when you know so much of Aloy's story is like it's bespoke and someone else is telling it to you and you are playing as Aloy period. Like you're not yeah. playing as like, I don't, you, you know, Ronnie James Dio or Shrek or anything, which you can do in Elden Ring, which is cool. And like Aloy is great and everything, but it's also like, I don't know if you don't want to, if you're not attached to Aloy, 
you know, that's, that's, you're kind of, you're, you're stuck with her, you know, like that's a kind of, yeah. Yeah. You lose, you lose the element of like the role play fantasy thing that you get. And also like, yeah, Elden Ring doesn't really have like a story so front and center. Like it's got lore, right? No like, one knows what it's about. It's, well, the tree is sick and there's another meaner tree. And then the tree, the twins live inside the tree, but one of them is a child and the other one is mean. Who there, there is a lot of that, but I read, and this is cheating, but I read the wiki for the last horizon game story. And I was like, Oh no, thank you. <laughs> like I, I just, <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Did you? What 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 turned you off about it though? You you mean the first game? Not you're not talking about uh, uh, Forbidden no, West. No, Forbidden West. Oh, you read the wiki and it turned you off the 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 entire story. I, I played about seven hours of the game and then bailed and then read the story to see to catch up or whatever you know, and just know. And I just didn't. I didn't. This is a really. Like this it. is like a toxic birthday party. We're like, happy birthday, Elden Ring. Anyway, <laughs> well, a no, 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 look, Horizon, look, who we look, didn't look, have. Okay, how about this? Fault. Sifu also came out in February of last year, oh so God. that's about a year old. Martha is Dead also came out uh, last year yeah, um, in February. These were, <laughs> yeah, and well, these were, and Martha is Dead is is coming out on PSVR too. Oh, so, well, you know, okay, there's so that. That, there's no DLC there. Happy birthday to Martha is Dead. I guess that you know, happy re rebirth day or whatever. Um, All right, Bruce Wayne. Okay, <laughs> El Elden Ring was a like cultural moment like in the same way that like animal crossing was like yeah. it was one of those things where and breath of the wild right like every couple of years there is a game or pokemon go right every couple of years there's a game that transcends just the regular people that have regular kind of like quick and you know drive-by conversations about video games we have a lot of conversations about games as as a collective as as enthusiasts of this medium and a lot of them come and go really quickly and we think it's going to be the next big thing and they like we talk about them for a little bit and they go away right i think that with like elden ring it transcended that it reached people who don't usually play these games or definitely did because it, it sold incredibly well but there was a moment there of 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 playing that alone but also in in unison with everybody else who was discovering it for the first time going on social media seeing clips seeing people's uh, armor sets uh their weapons seeing the areas they were going to seeing uh videos of boss fights they were doing that element of discovery i think is what made it so important and that connected us as a species in a way that like very few games do and so yes horizon was big and it sold well yeah and yes sifu was good but like Elden Ring transcended all of that and 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 reached a, a zeitgeist that I don't think a lot of games get to. Happy birthday! I, mean, I agree. I agree with everything. Yeah, happy birthday <laughs> to Elden Ring. No, I, I definitely agree. It's it's just you know the I, I just I, it's just funny seeing you know Horizon uh, just like it was a it was a great you know a PlayStation exclusive a PlayStation Five exclusive at least in my in my opinion. Yeah. And it's just funny that how like it seems like there, it just doesn't get as much love or you know from from the gamers out there at least from the game community that I've seen. So I'm just bringing it up. That's all. No, I'm no, not. No. I'm not trying to like throw dirt on Elden Ring's name. So please, uh, anyone listening, or you were watching, trying to poop Elden think. Ring's party. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't to mean to. I just want to let them know. You know, they they have someone else that was born in the same month. Elden Ring had the well, birthday that... cake in front of it. Had the candles lit. It was going to make a wish, and you came up and you went. <laughs> And this I'm gonna put that yeah, in my yeah. stash. Yeah, you just yeah. anyway. Um, no, I don't know. To to Brian's point, I think like the FromSoft games do a thing that Breath of the Wild also did. Did Skyrim do it to a certain degree? Where it's like there is there's so much to uncover. There's so much to discover that it it kind of uh, it 
encourages that kind of playground discussion and whether that's happening on an actual playground which is a weird place for people playing m-rated games to hang out but uh you know it's it's also like it happens on forums it happens on reddit it happens right. you know, in offices and stuff but it's that it's that level of like you are encouraged to go out go back into the real world and discuss your findings like you're kind of being like hey did you did you find that like that that turtle who's wearing a pope hat kind of weird not mm-hmm. sure what that guy's deal is you know like and it's hey did you go to the bottom of the tree because this naked woman turns into a moth and kills you really fat like it's just right you know, and like like horizon didn't really have that you know no it just no you're absolutely right yeah, yeah. The, the 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 elden ring community is a lot more energized um than than the horizon community even the seafood community yeah um any other game that came out in in february of last year so i mean i i definitely agree with you both i just you know i just you know every now and then if i have the chance i'm gonna bring up horizon no it's fair i mean i, I think it's fair i feel like it's a it's a it's become like a running joke that it just keeps getting like you know mm-hmm. brought up like even at the, the the dice awards last year at the game awards and it, and it won absolutely nothing it's just you know it's, it's just it's a running joke that it keeps getting its lunch eaten by like bigger yeah. and better and more evolved open world games but that doesn't mean those games are bad inherently it's just that they have this horrible happenstance of launching within like a week or two of something that changes the the genre forever and that's a tough play when you're really damn good but the thing next to you is next level and 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 evolves what people think this this genre should be that's a tough spot to be right like and so yep. that's why we were all joking it was like a horizon game came out a week ago and like i i was i was sure that this dlc announcement was going to hit that day for for elden ring because i was like somebody's got to eat their lunch this is just part of the yeah. protocol for them now um yeah, no that's the classic it's the prank where you know you think they forgot your birthday but then there's a big surprise yep and that's yep. what they did at 12:03 a.m japanese time yeah and so i yeah i want to i want to see more i want to see horizon reach the level of we can talk about horizon right now because i didn't didn't want to he did i i'm getting you it's a poopoo party pants all right mr pooper you've been playing all sorts of horizon uh revenge of the mountain or whatever what tell let's talk about the playstation vr you've been playing a ton of this akeem uh that's obviously one of the biggest things we'd be talking about right now we're all biased we love the elden ring but let's talk about playstation vr too uh yeah akeem yes Tell us about it. Yes, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm super excited. You know that uh, the PSVR two is finally out right now, and I'm sure you know we have you know our fair share. Um, a, a lot of people know that we have like our fair share of PC VR headsets and two generations of uh, Meta standalone Quest. But mm-hmm. you know, it's been almost like seven years since we've gotten a console VR headset. Uh, now I gotten you know like the thing is with me PlayStation. You know, I'm sure they 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 took their time to bring us this new virtual tech and as someone who's been using the quest since way back when when it was when it said oculus on the box i noticed quite a few differences that in my opinion just kind of make psvr two far more superior uh than its main competition i want to start first with comfort because i feel like that's really important now the psvr2 is by far the best fitting uh vr headset i've ever used hands down uh the halo design makes it really easy to kind of just like adjust the actual visor portion uh which really feels very lightweight. It's a very lightweight headset. And one of the uh, the Quest's uh, biggest advantages is, uh, surprisingly enough, is also one of its its, its disadvantages. And it's because it's an all-in-one. Uh, so like the headset kind of like is very, very weighty on your face. I even avoided wearing glasses uh, with the Quest 2 because I already you know had a problem with light leakage due to 
there being no real protection in the design. It's also heavy. Uh, again, light leakage is, is terrible when you're trying to immerse yourself right. in, in any VR world. Uh, now, with the v PSVR 2, however, it has this built-in rubberized uh, housing, which is uh, fixed to the visor. So it kind of blocks out uh, all the environmental lighting. Uh, and the visor can be adjusted separately to kind of make room for someone, you know, opting to kind of like wear their glasses. This is, believe it or not, guys, this is the first time that I've been able to play a VR game with complete clarity. I've never been able to, to play with 2020 vision. This is the first time. And speaking of vision, uh, I want to talk uh, about like the second thing that I think uh, the PSVR 2 does better than uh, the Quest 2, and that's visual, that's the visual display. Uh, the visuals on the PSVR 2 is a stunning 2000 by 2040 pixels uh, on an HDR OLED display. Uh, if you're looking for like just vivid images that kind of just really pop and showcase uh, the graphical fidelity uh, of the games you're playing, well, this is it. This is the thing you want to get. <laughs> um, I don't mean to break out into that weird accent. I don't know where that came no, from. No, it's good. Uh, anyways, uh, thank you. Uh, so the PSVR 2, uh, it takes full on advantage of the PS5's hardware. So uh, the games you'll be diving into will look vastly different than anything uh, you can do with the, the LCD display uh, on the Quest 2, which is at like a, what, a, a 18, um, 1832 by 1920 pixels. Your eyes, honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, deserve better than that. <laughs> treat yourself. So treat yourself to something better. And there is something better out right now. Um, it definitely cannot. OLED is, supersedes LCD, uh, in my opinion. Final thing that uh, PSVR 2 does way better uh, than the Quest 2 is immersion. Now, we really should talk about this because I feel like that's like super duper important with any game that you're playing um, is how does it pull you into the world? Uh, well, the rumble feature or the, the haptic feedback uh, in the PSVR 2 kind of just adds to the overall immersion uh, while you're gaming. Very similar to, you know, what PlayStation has been doing for many years with their controllers. But this one is also, not only is it in the controllers, it's also in, in the headset, which is like, I've never experienced that in any VR headset ever. Um, uh, and uh, with the eye tracking uh, feature you have to set up uh, on the PSVR 2, you tend to, uh, it, you tend to see a, a graphical increase uh, depending on, on where you're looking. Uh, thanks to its uh, foveated rendering technology. Uh, I know those just sound like fancy words. <laughs> they're, they're, it's a cool word. I didn't know what technology. foveated was prior to this. That is a great word. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't it sound awesome? It does. You know, it's, yeah. One of the things, I, so I really noticed uh, when I was playing like Horizon uh, Call of the Mountain, not Revenge of the Mountain or Re <laughs> where that Revenge came Revenge of the from. Mountain's the sequel. It's not out yet. <laughs> Call of the Duty. <laughs> So, so, well, so Horizon Call of the Mountain, really, because obviously it's a, it's a PSVR 2 exclusive, it really takes advantage of, of the foveated um, uh, uh, rendering technology where, like, you can actually navigate uh, uh, in-game options uh, with just, like, moving your eyes. So wherever you, you move it, you can actually navigate things. It's really cool. It's like I felt like I was Iron Man inside of his Iron Man suit with Jarvis. That's a Marvel reference. People get it, I'm sure. Not yes. Familiar. Anyways. Couple, couple that with uh, PlayStation's uh, Pulse 3D headset, you get complete immersion uh, as the audio is, is also isolated. I have uh, the headset over here. The Quest 2 has 3D audio as well, but the audio immersion is kind of ruined since you can still hear outside sound. Right, so, right. You, you, but to its credit, you can also plug in your favorite uh, headset to it. Um, so there's that. Uh, so to kind of summarize, guys, summarize my experience with... Uh, the PSVR 2. Week one, I love it. 
And I know there's going to be a lot of skeptics out there that might hold off on the PSVR 2 because of its, its current library of games. You know, but you know what? I'm just going to tell you right now, I think PlayStation is really just getting started uh, with this thing. Obviously, it's only been one week. The majority of games, though, I would give to those people uh, that you can get on the PSVR 2 are ports right. of Quest 2 games. Yes. But the few games you cannot get on Quest 2 are well worth uh, the investment if you're interested in VR, in my opinion. Like Resident Evil Village, it, that's, that's an amazing experience in VR. It's definitely heightened by, uh, by being in VR, uh, which you can only experience right now on PSVR 2. And the games you might have experienced on Quest 2 uh, are further enhanced by the PSVR 2's OLED display and the PS5's hardware. So PlayStation has major plans. Let's just keep that in mind. They have major plans for PSVR 2, and game devs are sure to take advantage of those capabilities. So if you are, in fact, on the market, and, and you're a PS, you're a P, you're not PSVR, but you're a VR enthusiast, or, or you're just, you know, playing curious about VR in general, I would definitely check out PSVR 2. It's the optimal experience. PlayStation has single-handedly made me personally excited about the future of VR, and, I mean, I'll actively be uh, playing any game that I think kind of innovates uh, in the VR space. So thank you so much. I will kiss you now. <laughs> Bravo. Don't do that. It's bad for the lenses. So I want to point out, like, we've been, we've been like, periodically kind of lukewarm on PSVR on the show. So it's, like, refreshing yeah, to hear one of us who bought it on day one just, like, totally in love with it like that that sounded like a sponsored thing like they didn't pay us to talk about this akeem just loves no. it he just loves psvr too yeah. and like i think that there's going to be a lot of people that buy into this thing because they're excited about ps5 and they've never had a vr experience before like just sort of anecdotally mm -hmm. i've seen a lot of people on social media who've been like this is my first vr kit like i think even ryan mccaffrey over on unlocked um that show full of traders that love Xbox. No, I, just kidding. Good people over there. <laughs> um, the PSVR won't work with his Xbox Series X. He'll find out the hard way. No, yeah. Important. yeah. Yeah. Good. Good luck over there with that. Which, which your thing? No. Um. So he's he's loving it too. And like I've I've seen a lot of that. And I think that like that what they're doing. Like if you if you look at PSVR as like just the sticker shock and the game library right now, I understand the apprehension about it. But if you look at it as like a a giant leap, like you said, in like console level VR, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. it's it's kind of incredible that this thing exists for the price range at the power level it's at i just want to know and i keep saying this i'll keep beating this drum i want to know what the future plans look like for this thing i want to know which of their first party studios are making stuff for it i and i'm like i'm a little surprised we haven't gotten that information yet because like someone like you you're enjoying the launch games you're playing resident evil village you're playing uh you know like uh horizon like uh, there's a bunch of there's like a best of the best vr ports on there right now there's like tetris there's beat saber is coming right um but like i want to know what what's next and so I'm, I'm hoping that sony and i was hoping for that in the state of play the other day i'm hoping that they can come out and say like this is these are the, our, our in-house studios that are making you know this is like there's a ghost of tsushima spinoff that's happening or like you know here's a Ra ratchet and clank six hour spinoff that you can play or here's a full you can play all of god of war ragnarok in vr now because of this this and this um i'm not sure how Which any of that would work can. but what's up you take you technically can but it's just oh, right. on it's just on a large screen, uh, large display. So it's not it's not taking, you know, full advantage of like the 3D. Yeah. Abilities. You can still play your regular uh, uh, PlayStation 5 games using the VR headset yep. um, if you wanted to. I, I mean, I, I have a big screen TV myself, so I don't need to 
immerse myself in a virtual reality to experience a big screen television. There's a, I'm there, not trying to gloat or anything. No, no, no. Akeem, there's a lot of people out there that have, they have a $500 PS5, they have a $500 or $550 PSVR2, and they have a 13-inch CRTV that they play Nintendo GameCube on. <laughs> and it's, you know what? It's like that, what's that, that like uh, drill tweet about candles? <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, it's that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that like the weird chicken and egg thing happening with, with this thing right now is that like if Sony had told more people about the future plans of this device right now, it would be selling a lot more. And if it was selling a lot yeah. more, a lot more studios would look at those launch numbers and get involved. Now, frankly, we don't know what the launch numbers look like for it yet. And I'm interested to figure that out. And I don't know if Sony will actually reveal those. They're pretty they're pretty forthcoming with PS5 hardware. But I know during the entire PS3 era, they were just like, it's selling pretty good, guys, and everything's going great. And if you look at Microsoft now, Microsoft basically never reveals console sales anymore because they've been and they need the, to get like subpoenaed for to reveal those. Things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they go to they have to they have they have to basically do a giant acquisition and then go on TV and be like, we're terrible. We can't sell anything. We don't know what we're doing. Um I love my Xbox by the way. Um but yeah so I'm I'm hoping that like they can keep this excitement going, keep this momentum going. So people like you are happy and you have new experiences to keep going back to. But also people like me who are like, damn, that thing looks cool, but I don't want to buy into a ecosystem that might like fizzle out after a year. Um, I want to, I just, I want that energy to keep coming. So I want like third party yeah. studios and first party studios to just keep revealing we're making these games for it and, you know, just keep that hype going. No, I definitely want to. Yeah, and I, I want to touch on that because you know they did announce a handful of new VR games during the state of play yeah. last week. Um, we're going to come back to that, but we do have some community questions about about the PSVR two. Uh, would you Would you feel comfortable fielding those, Akeem? I'd be happy to. Yes, I mean if I if I can answer it, I, I definitely okay. will. Okay. Uh, exactly how much in grams does the PlayStation VR controller weigh? I'm messing with you. That's not a question. Uh, Duncan Kirkpatrick said, can you let us know about the new controllers and your experience with them? Yeah, obviously that's the, the dual sense. What do they call it? VR sense? I, think, uh, I do believe, yeah, the VR sense. Uh, uh, VR sense? Are they called VR they sense called? controllers? We should know this. I just call them kick-ass controllers. They're cool as hell. They're I love called, them. They're they called great. the yeah, dually tools. cool-ass controllers. Yeah, the dually tools. The dually tools are here. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 really, they're really cool. So, I mean, the thing is, like, it'll take some time to get in. Like, if, you're, if you have the, the, the quest or the Quest 2, um, it's definitely a different experience. Right. Um, I, I have it right over there. I should have brought it here on the table to kind of like show the, can I, should I jump over there and grab yeah, it go real for quick? It. Yeah. I want to show the difference between the yeah, two. Yeah, I got a chance to try those out um, for myself. And I was, I was it, again, there is that weird, like I, I didn't do a side-by-side, -side, but there's something different about how you kind of like grab them. There's a little right. bit of an adjustment there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it takes some getting used to for sure. So like, you know, coming from, you know, the, the Quest controller, it's it's pretty it's pretty easy you know it's you just grab it and and there you go um, but for this you have to actually slip your hands through the the entry point which the can you see it oh. yeah 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 you have to slip your hands through the circular um, entry point right here um, which you know is is vastly different and it's not as easy so like when I was when I put the helmet on when I put the uh, the, the PSVR two helmet headset on um, and I'm playing. Uh, uh, like uh, Resident Evil Village, I, I got kind of confused a little bit because like it, it's a fast paced game. When, when you have like a couple of werewolves coming at you 
and you just so happen to kind of drop your controller because I didn't put this. I mm -hmm. foolishly didn't put this little strap on. They have these straps for a reason, mind you. I think those things uh, are those little straps. I think they're dumb as hell for like Wiimotes, but for VR, they're so yeah. handy. Right. They they really are. Um, and I wish I had put it on in that moment. But Akeem, this, it definitely takes some getting used to. Side question: Did you go through the cornfield section at the beginning of Resident Evil Village with the werewolves? Uh, yes. Why? Was, how how was that? Was that cool? Yes. Oh man. Every, so that entire have you played it? Yeah, I mean, I played Village I, like I gotta, six times straight through, but I haven't played it in yeah. VR yet. The thing that kind of is jarring, though, playing Resident Evil Village uh, is there's cinematic moments. And, and in the cinematic moments, things are happening uh, and you can still look around. So you just have like floating hands and you don't oh. know what's going on. You're just like, whoa, this is so it kind of takes you out of the immersion a little bit. Uh, but it's 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 fully immersive. You know, there, there's a lot that you have to do. I, I believe uh, uh, PlayStation Japan, they actually dropped a, a video showing you all the different things you can do, all the mechanics. So, like, you have to, like, grab the potion. You have to actually flip it open with the controller. You have to actually grab your gun, mm -hmm. and you have to actually put it back when you when you want to, uh, uh, or you just drop it. So I got I got to ask. The haptics are obviously like a big a big selling point there. And Village yeah. is the Seven and Village are both infamous for just really messing up Ethan's hands. Yes, they hate his hands. Do the yeah. do the does it hurt like to, when they, <laughs> when they're like stabbing you in the hand <laughs> or like punching your fingers or whatever? Like, do you feel that well, with the haptics? Like, what does it do? I mean, yeah, it, 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 it vibrates. I don't feel physical pain. I, <laughs> fortunately, I, I don't feel the physical pain. On? Do you really want to no, know? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying if you play on the, okay, the hardcore mode, I, I, will hurts. I will expose the hell out of myself right now uh, by telling you the difficulty. Are you playing on easy? I tend to play on, on easy or, or storyteller. I think that's fine. You're, tell, play, tell you're me gonna a get story. killed by werewolves in a cornfield. It's scary. Let's enjoy. Yeah, well, I try. I try to hurry up and go through, breeze through these games, just so I can actually have something to talk about. If I'm, you know, here on the podcast mm -hmm. or you know where, wherever I might be talking about. The I game, I so. bailed on the Heisenberg fight on professional mode after playing through the game on normal twice. So. Um, you're not missing much. Um, also, I, I want to point out, I saw some videos on Twitter of the beginning of this game in VR mm -hmm. where Ethan can take his baby uh, in the kitchen and dip her head into various like oh, cooking sauces. No, and, like no you way. can hold her and just kind of like dunk her in ketchup and stuff like that. It was just like you could it, pet her. And it was just like it was very unsettling. So, yeah, if you have I this game, not. you know. Put a little barbecue sauce on the baby's head. So yeah. I played a little bit of I played like the very beginning of Horizon, and it was like not the ideal setting because I was there was like a fluorescent light. It was like in the office just over here, and there's like right. a fluorescent light thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm tall, and I kept when I was climbing, I kept punching the light fixture by accident. Mm. <laughs> Probably not the best way to do it, but I do appreciate that there's just like there's like tambourines everywhere. <laughs> I kept yes, and I kept yes. just throwing them off cliffs, which was oh that's great. There's like that thing where you just if you just do something specifically so stupid in a game that it immediately makes you bust up laughing. Like I just kept like grabbing apples and just throwing them off cliffs. I did the same thing. I also did this. I'm I'm working on a video on my personal YouTube channel. I also wrote. Uh, you can also paint in in Call of the Mountain. So I painted on the wall. I think PlayStation are gonna love this. I painted PSVR two rocks. Can I curse here? I'm not gonna curse. Yeah, sure. I, suck it, suck it. Quest two. I, I didn't use the word suck. I used a different oh. word. Oh, oh, oh. what it's, other word did you use a, there instead? It's a cuss okay, word. Okay, no cussies. Oh. Kyle but, Tip asks which yeah. PSVR titles. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean PSVR though? PSVR two titles. F it, Quest two. All right, cool. knock it mean? off, you two. I. Uh, I still don't understand what he's trying to say. If, I don't, Can we get a clue? Stop. Just, <laughs> which PSVR 2 titles are you and the crew most excited for, if any? Akeem, what are you, like, what are you most 
Yeah. Okay. So at the state of play, uh, they announced uh, Green Green Hell uh, is coming yeah. to the PSVR two. Uh, now, this is coming from someone who just started playing. I, I was a fan of the Forest. Uh, started playing Sons of the Forest over the weekend. So I, I would. And that game is like that game is perfect for P for VR. It's it's there there isn't a VR version of Sons of the Forest. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to you have to get it on Steam. So I was like, what is the closest I can come to that? And Green Hell, when I saw that, I was like, this is a survival, this is a survival VR game. Yeah. I'm super duper hyped for this one. Um, I, you know, again, I, we'll talk about the state of play later on, but uh, I mean, this was like the only thing that really got me super excited um, for for PSVR 2 and at the state of play. I actually I, screened. I played a bunch of this, uh, like the, not the VR version, but the like the the base version of the game. And I think I think you're going to mm -hmm. love it in VR. You, I think there's also a bunch of options where like you're not constantly dying of dysentery or getting eaten alive by by bugs and maggots and stuff like that. But like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like that, that, like that creature hopping in your face in the middle of the night, that'll be a fun time. It's too scary. Yeah. No, I think that like survival stuff, obviously like one of the kind of key mechanics there is just kind of doing chores. Like you do a lot of like, gathering and a lot of building and stuff but in vr that that's one of those like mundane mechanics that can actually be made like really exciting right like fishing is fine in games normally but like fishing in vr you're like whoa the fish is like flying in my face like i'll never Speaking forget logs whoa in batman and arkham vr the first time like you saw yourself in a mirror and you could dance or like you held that clipboard and you could mm -hmm. turn it around it was just a, a thing that's totally boring in regular games but in yeah. vr it feels I mean, the, tangible the best vr games fully understand that like yeah. they, obviously they have the big huge exciting thing that they sell you with like you know the what is it the london heist yeah blood and truth is a great example of that because there is all the big explosive gunplay set piece stuff but at the same time you get so much joy out of just like i don't know like vaping or like opening the glove compartment of the car like messing mm -hmm. with the radio like knocking over bottles like there's just it's fun little things like that and it was really kind of you know again you say like um you know horizon has you painting like the tambourines pan flutes just stuff like yeah. that laying around you can fun. eat apples yeah. too you go it, it was it was really you could just just hearing the, the crunch of the apple the, the only thing about call of the mountain that i will say was kind of like mundane uh was i mean like in in horizon forbidden west there's a lot of climbing so of course they have to like implement that in the this vr uh uh outing which was kind of tiring you know I, I have i would like to think i have good upper body strength but i was getting kind of tired of just like constantly climbing right. and i was like hitting a bunch of stuff uh in 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 this studio space like i was knocking stuff down <laughs> i was like man i can't I take this off. This place is going to look like a mess. Yep. But yeah, that that, that was the only part of Call of the Mountain that kind of like I was like I I can do without the climbing. Mm -hmm. like, I really can. Did you notice any um like disconnection issues with the controllers? I was reading some of that happening as some folks online who got PSVR two and they were having some issues. I think it was like the left controller would like randomly disconnect, and I don't know if that's something that was like a a launch issue that they patched. But I was just wondering if you experienced any of that. I the only disconnection issue I had was just due to my own stupidity. Um, so like I, it, the the con the controller, the controller, my actual dual sense, I needed to hit like the 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 PlayStation button, and then I realized oh to to get it activated, and then I needed to hit the PlayStation button on here too to kind of activate it. So I don't know if that was it that people just forget that you need to hit that the PlayStation logo button to kind of activate oh, it. Right, it right, it's right. already synced up with your PS Five. I had, a, so, I had a weird thing where the haptics just weren't working in the controllers, which was sort of like, that was one of the things I was excited about actually checking out. Maybe you died. Probably. Maybe my hands have things wrong with them. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Richly asks, is the UI similar to PS5 and how easy is it to use? It's like the same, right? Like it's just kind of... Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, yeah. The eye tracking it's is exactly so cool. The, 
the eye tracking is like yes. immediately one of those things that you're like, okay, this is new. Like this is a new, right. Like it's, it, it's kind of brain breaking to a certain degree where they're like, do you want us to use eye tracking? Do you want to use that? And I'm like, sure. And it's, you know, you do the thing where you like, you move the sticks to like select something, but you're already, you're looking where it is and it already gets selected. And you're like, what? Was this, how did I do that? How did well, there's I... the, there's that like uh, VR game from the Untold Dawn Studio, right? Where like you every time you blink, it gets scarier or whatever. And there was that other one we saw during the yeah, state of play. We don't do pussies on the show, but f that. I don't <laughs> mannequins that attack you when you're not looking. Like that's oh. there was the other one in the state of play where like it it time jumps when you blink. Like I think that's like that's that's such a cool idea. You know, yeah. like I think I it's it's going to be really interesting to see how people take advantage of that kind of stuff. Yeah, again, like I my worst fear is that this is like the vita and that it just doesn't get enough support but like the vita had so many cool opportunities for like devs to mess with it and you know you know it had the multiple touch screens and accelerometer and all that and like yep. a few games took advantage of that and i feel like whatever devs are trying to do in vr i the psvr2 has the option for that like this you know short of a game where you just spin around repeatedly in circles which i don't think would be very fun but also like you'd get tangled up in the cord which honestly like the cord was totally like a non-issue i was expecting it to be a little annoying but it was not a thing when i was playing Same. yeah yeah um i i i feel like i don't know like for for, for me like uh, what convinced me to get the psvr2 is is the fact that i feel like uh, i mean like i talking about the the, the ps vita and even the, the psp those were around for almost like what a decade a piece almost like uh, like eight nine years uh like a piece well they, they were around for for a very long time the, right i mean I, I'm, I'm not saying that they were like business was booming for them but yeah, they were around business, for business was definitely not booming for the vita the psp got support for a very long time the vita yeah. the, the vita fizzled, fizzled out over after a couple of years i played mine for a decade i still love it i think that's a great system that's your fault that's that great, is it is my fault device i was i was actually uh, arguing in, in a fun way with greg miller on twitter the other day about whether or not it had a better library than the wii u we all realized the wii u well we all of us except for him realized that the wii u had a better uh uh bunch of games for it better software but PS, like the PS Vita was really good. You don't think so? I mean, if you're discounting stuff that came out on other, other systems prior to that, like what? For who though? For, for everybody? I mean, that's that's for, probably... For we don't need to do this here. The Wii, the, I think... No, yeah. yeah. That's probably PlayStation's biggest L. Um, but but this one... But, but the thing with uh, PSVR 2 uh, that I want to kind of like uh, say is there's no one else as far... There's no one else in this lane. Right. Like, if mm -hmm. we're talking about like console... Uh, VR, virtual reality, console virtual reality. There's no one else in this lane, so it, I feel like it might be appealing to some game devs. Hopefully, it is, and and hopefully, there's conversations that have been had behind doors with bigger reveals that we might have yeah. um, further down the line of of bigger titles coming to the PSVR too. So, like that, that's that's honestly what made me interested in this, and also like being here. I'm on Beyond. I'm mm -hmm. on a I'm on a PlayStation podcast. Why would I not own one? Max, why do you not own one? Brian, why do you not own one? Jada owns one. You two should as well. Yeah, preschool is really expensive. Yeah, and I was like, gonna say. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. You know, kids are. Do, also, do you, you want to get away from preschool and money? Then get the PSVR too. For only five hundred and fifty dollars, you too can ignore <laughs> your child. Actually, no. If they put out a preschool game for it, I could just put it on my kid's head and save a bunch of money. That'd be great. You know, probably like, deeply dystopian, but hey, honey, it's snack time, and then just just <laughs> pretending to eat apples. <laughs> anyway, um... this episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. 
The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. You touched on this briefly, but Ted Darius said, how comfortable is it when wearing prescription glasses and is there an option to adjust the focus internally? Yes, yes to both of those. Uh, it is extremely comfortable. I've never, I, look, so, okay, so I have, I have my PSVR 2 sitting on top of the Quest 2, here, mm-hmm. of course, naturally, sitting on top make of him, this. Make him fight. kiss. I also, have, I also have a hammer here if y'all want what, me to kind of like, What is wrong like, with you? Know, Wait, like, I, don't do it. Are you gonna hit I mean, the Quest? I mean, I told you all, uh, like in our meeting, that I was gonna smash it, uh, and you know what? I, I might smash. Don't I'm just smash your. Gonna... Don't You're do that. You're always making weird don't threats in meetings. It's not. I don't know. When this we... episode is brought to you by Home Depot. Yeah. Look, I'm a huge Makers fan of, of Wreck-It Ralph. Let's do this. So. <laughs> uh, but anyways, no, it's it's extremely comfortable, and I think one of the reasons why it is is because it, so we have like as I mentioned earlier, uh, we have this rubberized um, housing right here. Mm-hmm. So you get you have extra spacing um, in it. I don't know if you can see it in the. Yeah, that thing is phenomenal. It it's it's got like the double flap on the nose and it's got the sort of accordion yeah. thing on the actual, like I was really impressed just putting it on being like, oh, this is proper, you know, proper blackout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's yeah, awesome. Extremely comfortable. And that's, and that's what I was saying. Like the, the Quest 2 is, it's completely lacking that. Like you're, 
you're right up there against uh, the the lenses uh, in in the yeah. Quest Two. I get I get Super, like schmutz on the lens of mine from my eyelashes, which same. I don't particularly think have that much stuff yeah. on them to begin with. But I'll be like, I'll look at them, and there's this like little like like little bugs have been running around on there. Like, yep, yucky. I don't need that. Mm -hmm. And and then there's a dial on the uh, left side here uh, where you can adjust um, the like the the vision. Mm -hmm. um, also, it, it helps if you really want to see clearly. Uh, it's all about positioning um, of this uh, on your head. So uh, the the halo um, uh, portion here. So you have to position it correctly. I know some people have complained. I I, I noticed it myself. Like there's uh, depending upon how it's sitting on your head, it might be a little bit blurry. But it's all about positioning mm -hmm. um, of, of this. So. Got to find that sweet spot. Cool. Now, we'll have plenty more uh, PSVR stuff to talk about. Hopefully, if they c continue making games for it, which I, I assume would be the case. Uh, let's talk about that last uh, that last state of play, which did get some some games announced. There was the um, Before Your Eyes, where if you blink, time jumps forward. There was Green Hell, which is a great Misfits song and presumably also a great survival uh, game. There was Synapse, which is a telekinetic FPS uh, there is the Isaac Asimov-based Journey to Foundation, which is like stealth sci-fi with other things. Uh, a horror game called The Foglands, which has spiders, and I will not play it. Uh, and I think that's that's it. But the state of play, I think, really was kind of for everybody and nobody. Yeah. Like, I honestly feel like nobody's even talking about it right now. Like, there's plenty of other stuff getting announced. But, like, it was it was kind of odd to me that it came out the week of the PlayStation VR and the VR stuff in there kind of felt like an afterthought i mean it had like a handful of things but like the big selling point was 15 minutes of suicide squad it it was it was yeah. uh all over the place state of plays basically deliberately are all over the place but this one i think felt the most disconnected of any of them i've seen yet um it didn't really work as like a celebration of psvr2 their newly launched hardware that i think that, that was the perfect opportunity to like do a lot of the stuff like i mentioned earlier right which is kind of like lay out this is what the future looks like and we got a bit of that there was some cool stuff in there but like that was just a little bit of it and then we saw some game trailers for like destiny and then resident evil 4 which i was pissed at because they showed so much of that game and if you're like if you god if you've never played that game or you've played it a million times and you want some of like the something to be left as a surprise please don't look at that trailer if you have if you've if you somehow haven't already i bailed after like 15 seconds but then there was like 15 minutes of suicide squad and it's sort of just like it just got me thinking about like the state of play as a concept or a vehicle is kind of something that they haven't really like honed in on just yet. And it's like inherently by design a mixed bag. And I think that they do a pretty good job of like setting up expectations beforehand, right? Like they'll be like, this is from, um, uh, we're, we're going to cover like third parties and in indies, uh, PSVR two stuff, and then uh, Suicide Squad. So they, they let us know all of that I mean, going in. Told us it was going to be five PSVR two yeah. titles, and then third party stuff, yeah. and then fifteen minutes of Suicide. Like it was pretty much like they told us, and yet it still managed to feel disappointing. Like watching it in the moment, and I don't I don't know exactly why. And I think it's just because it would felt kind of all over the place. And like we we have now in a post. E3 live studio theater press conference world where Sony doesn't do that stuff anymore. They have two distinct formats. No, three. Okay. I'll do number one, the PlayStation blog, which is cool. It's an article. 
it's up at 9 a.m pacific time have a good one um hope you enjoyed reading that article it's like you know the the least exciting format to get news it is about as effective as humanly possible because they just go here's our announcements here's what we're doing the psvr2 was revealed in in the playstation blog it wasn't a sizzle it wasn't a big video it was just like hey everyone check it out we're look what we're doing great it's an article on our blog number two is the state of play which we all saw um that's taken different shapes and forms uh accordion format as they call it in the biz where it like expands and shrinks and stuff like that and number three is this showcase and showcase is the big one showcase is like their big you know e3 adjacent hour-long press conference thing where you know you're getting a bunch of like big first party stuff and i think if you compare that to I guess the most direct connection would be something like the Nintendo Directs, right? I think Nintendo Directs are a little bit more straightforward and they also tend to be a little bit bigger in surprise. And when they're not, they tell you straight up, like this is a Pokemon direct, or this is our partner direct. And uh, it's just going to focus on indie spotlights or whatever. And I think with PlayStation this time around, like sometimes you get an amazing announcement in the middle of one of these things. And then sometimes you just get like 40 something minutes of just meandering uh, mediocrity and i was looking at like uh like i believe jada polled our uh facebook group and like this this just had c's this, like this they share our sentiment 67 yeah. percent said c 23 percent said d one mm percent -hmm. uh, said a seven percent b and then two percent which is a custom answer was just resident evil 4 remake which is not a letter grade i'd be pretty stoked if i like turned in like an english paper and i got back like a resident evil 4 remake on it yeah all right <laughs> that'd be a oh, cool yeah. teacher i mean and so like i don't want to just complain about something without offering solutions because i hate when people do that but i also think that like there is something to this format that's close to being great and it's instead become unreliable like we've reached the point where when you hear state of play you get incredibly excited they lay out the criteria of what you're going to get and then the end result has been like sometimes pretty good sometimes not good at all and i'm trying to figure out the best way they can turn this into something that we can count on a little bit more i can tell you right now that like the biggest problem with the state of play for me was that there was 15 minutes on Suicide Squad, like 15 yeah. full minutes. I don't need to see 15 minutes of pretty much any game. So that's that's an odd part. That's a, They've done these before. They've done like deeper dives on specific games and they have the state of play branding. Like we had one on what, March 17th for Hogwarts Legacy, which yeah. was like a big chunk of gameplay for just that game. And there was no confusion about what it was or who it was for. Sure. And like Nintendo does this too, where they're like, we're having a special, it's just Pokemon, or it's just Fire yep. Emblem. Yep. Like, and it's very clearly like, you know, it. it's, no one's expecting surprises because they tell you exactly what it is. But yeah, I don't know. Was, that was a... Just, it didn't fit. Why didn't they just do 15 minutes of Suicide Squad? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's... And then, like, the thing is, we all watch that because we've watched so many of these presentations from these companies. I watched every second of this because I thought at the end of it, there was going to be that, like, you know, Nintendo Direct style, ah, but we have one more thing to show you, right? And that, yeah. that never came. Right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what's missing. Yeah. I think that's what's missing from the state of play. It's it's that surprise yeah. uh, factor. Like, we're we're not surprised. Like, like, like you said, we... We, we knew what was going to be announced. We knew there was going to be X amount of PSVR 2 games announced. We, like, we, we had it laid out for us, but there was nothing that surprised us. Even the games that, that were on display, they weren't like, oh, wow. I, that's a, you know, there was nothing that like, wowed us. Yeah. Um, again, like, I like Green Hell, but the, again, that's, I'm just like, I just want to experience that in, 
I mean, we've, we've, we've offered That's sort it. of our suggestions of what they could do. I think they either need to do like kind of go big or go home or less yeah. or more pick one. This is this weird middle of the road thing where we get a state of play like like maybe once every three months thereabouts. Sometimes it completely varies on what's going on, but there's no consistency. There's no consistency schedule wise. There's no consistency uh, like content wise. So mm -hmm. you don't know what to expect. And it's I it. Yeah, it's frustrating i kind of like i'd love it if we just had like a really consistent like every six weeks every month whatever right. it is, every two months like l train people to expect it at a certain time but also like you know again give that transparency but if there's enough of a cadence to it it i don't know it would feel like getting a you know an issue of playstation magazine you're like oh uh well there's gonna be a few little little previews little smatterings there's gonna be one big cover story but it's like there's a you know, yeah, and and so like my, I think that there is an opportunity to make a state of play have big games, but also use that as a spotlight of indie games. I think that's awesome because that's a great way to get a ton of eyeballs on a game that people might not see otherwise. But like to tail end your state of play with 15 minutes on Suicide Squad, but also give Hogwarts its own thing. I, I'm with you, Max. Like just if they had just been like, hey, we have a, a Suicide Squad state of play, I would have skipped it, like I did with Hogwarts, because I wasn't interested in that game and i'm not really interested in this game and i like this felt like okay they they want me to see this obviously because it's part of a bigger presentation and i got through the rest of the presentation and was like oh there wasn't really anything super interesting there for me personally and obviously this is all personal right and then we got the suicide squad and it was 15 minutes of it and i was just like well, i'm over it there's again there's a there's a precedent for this there's a fix that other, yeah. the nintendo and xbox have both figured out where nintendo would do this with like e3 treehouse where there's the there's the direct there's yeah. this like self-contained thing it's basically trailers of everything and they'll be like stick around afterwards for a closer look at this game xbox is their entire showcase and then they have like the extended thing afterwards where it's like a more low-key like it's not a big you know barrage of different announcements and news like they're like all right we got 15 minutes of forza and after that we're gonna take a look at quake or whatever like yeah just, i mean you know, if if yeah. if the state of the union is this is how great america's doing right now and the state of play is Here's, this is how great PlayStation's doing right now. I would watch that last state of play and be like, is everything okay? <laughs> like, are you yeah. guys doing all right? Yeah, the, the president for like the last 30 minutes of his State of the Union address, like, here's the moon landing footage. I'm gonna <laughs> exactly. die. He just walks off stage. It's like, what 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 are you doing? It's kind it's kind of lazy, is what mm -hmm. it is. It's like this video could have been released like by itself. Yeah. Like they could have Obviously, we could have we could have hosted it here at IGN. You know, all the other uh, video game media outlets could have hosted the video. Yeah, and by we're bitter itself. because didn't we didn't need... get it. We could have had an exclusive. I want yeah. my exclusives. No, I, yeah. Well, look, look let's let's point something out real quick. Um, the PlayStation Five is absolutely crushing it. They are selling. Yeah every single console they make it has been flying off the shelves since it even started being on the shelves it couldn't even make it to so the shelves maybe they don't need our advice they don't need us yeah <laughs> we're a bunch of idiots no the thing that does strike me as odd is you point out like the playstation blog has a pretty steady cadence of like dropping new information yeah. and doling that stuff out it's also a blog, which is a thing you access on a computer or a phone when you've got this dedicated ecosystem. Like you turn on your PlayStation, there is the entire dashboard. They can... Well, that's where they show you low-res YouTube videos from random people. Exactly. Why would they not just put... I mean, again, they do put the directs there, or not the directs, the state of place when they happen. Yeah. But I feel like maybe put more stuff there. Like maybe make people expect to see it there. Maybe have like a dedicated little tab of like coming up, I, tune in next month for this thing. I also think that the uh, like the disembodied voice thing is not working for them. I, I like the human element that Nintendo Directs have where they have like 
they have a, a producer or they have like a director or they have somebody who's a spokesperson for the company. Um, so even for like the Mario movie one, it was like, it was Miyamoto came out and was just like, Hey, here's, you know, here's a, here's a video of, uh, Chris Pratt in, in a hotel room or whatever. You know, I think the only one who should do is Astrobot. Yes. I think it's, I don't know. Like I'm torn because I think when you have a person there, I'm like, get out of there meat bag i want to see computer stuff i want well to I, I just mean like five seconds of like you see a human being and they're like here we go we're doing this and then it goes to the next thing and i don't know if they have that person right now but like i think that's cool i think it keeps it moving along um i don't know i just like i i get so excited for these things and i want them to really shine and i want them to thrive mm -hmm. and i just i I, they feel completely hit or miss right now. And I guess it was, I don't want to keep comparing it to the Nintendo Direct, but the last Direct we got was so awesome. It was full of like upcoming stuff, like fan favorite surprises and a bunch of like, oh, and available right now. Like I got out of that Nintendo Direct and I had Minish Cap and Metroid Prime on my Switch. And like PlayStation has that legacy. They have that library of awesome stuff. Like you have, you have tiers of subscriptions that I pay for where you can funnel me classic games with modern coats of paint and they just didn't do anything like that. And, you know, like we got hi-fi rush out of that last Xbox thing. We got Metroid prime out of the last Nintendo thing. And I wanted something like that from PlayStation and it just didn't come together. And like, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. Let me know in the comments. Like maybe I'm being cynical here. I want these things to be better because I love them and I love PlayStation. And I think that there's like, we're so close to getting something awesome there, but it's just become unreliable to me. Yeah. I mean, I I appreciate them not teasing stuff that's six years out and leave, leaving us hanging. Yeah. But it would be kind of cool to have like a middle ground between like a sort of smattering of little things that are like, get me excited. Not too excited, but like reasonably excited. I don't yeah. know. It's, yeah. Um, as for Suicide Squad, I, we had like a long talk about this during our, you know, planning meeting here. Uh, and it kind of, it spun out into a larger conversation about superhero games. Yeah. I, I I feel like the 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 buzz on Suicide Squad is extremely lukewarm if not full-on tepid like people are i've seen a lot of people really grossed out by how many like how much like this is a capital l capital s live service game yeah this is very much uh you know it's got it requires an online connection which again is a reality for a lot of games in this day and age but ultimately why you know like this is this is the team that gave us the arkham games and i think a lot of people want that kind of thing and uh, you know the suicide squad is awesome there's something extremely gamey there but it's just this feels a little bit like something for everybody and nobody at the same time. Max, you and I used to have this phrase called the cone of disappointment. And it's um, when you, you know, picture like a, tr you know, upside down pyramid, right? A big ice cream cone. And uh, it starts off at the top with like, the team that made the Arkham games is making a brand new superhero game in the DC universe. And you're like, all right, yeah, cool. Tell me about it. It's a Suicide Squad game. Oh, all right. Those guys. Well, I would. I Batman's in it, no, but yeah, it's it's the Justice League is there. Okay, all right. But they're the bad guys. Okay, oh, all right. Play as the Suicide yeah. Squad. Okay, and it's, it's a live service game that requires an always online connection, and a lot of the gameplay grind is about getting incremental shoulder pads for your shark guy that got up ups your buff damage by point zero four percent, and then you're at the very bottom of the ice cream cone, and it's just not good down there anymore. You know, it's hard, and there's no there's there's no sugar. Yeah, the thing that, that bugs me about this is that. Superhero games have like, or super superhero comics have like two things going for them. They have this sort of, they have this power fantasy yep. side to them. It's about people who are like super powered. That is a defining characteristic slash trait of them. That's what they they are. They also have stories. Yeah. And then when you have a 
multiplayer game where everyone kind of has to be balanced and you also are kind of there's like a loot grind there so you have to keep people engaged I, I mean, there's going to be, like, you're going to get shoulder pads that make you feel stronger and make you feel leveled up. Okay, there's going to be story in there, but it kind of feels like that's not really the best way to go about that. The Arkham games sure as, sure as heck nailed it. Like, you know, yeah. you go plummeting down and just yep. beating the crap out of a bunch of goons. And, it, you know, the, it, that was, that did what, it, it told us a great story, and it captured the thrill of being that superhero. The Arkham games are also rooted in the Metroidvania genre. So, I mean, the Arkham Asylum literally is one. And so, like, when you do get incremental upgrades to your character, they're, they're, they're functional and they fundamentally let you interact with the in environment in new and different ways, right? Like, you, you upgrade stuff and you improve stuff, and it feels it feels tangible. It feels like this is something that I'm actually, Batman's becoming stronger. And that's rooted in, you know, you see it happen in the comics and in the movies and stuff like that, where it's like Batman has a problem with a villain in town, him and Alfred work together in the lab and they make up some cool new thing that they can attach to his suit. And it's not necessarily like a knee pad that gives you, you know, minus 7% poison damage. Cause that's not really what I'm there for when I interact with superhero content. Like when I, when I watch movies or read comics or play, or play games or something like that. And like, yeah. I think that like Suicide Squad's missing the point. Avengers missed the point of that. Whereas like something like uh, Spider Man has RPG elements, right? It's got unlockable costumes. It's got little like little things that you can be like plus three percent and stuff like that, right? But also like that's that's built on an RPG system that is embedded in a action adventure game that has a rock solid story and incredible gameplay mm -hmm. that perfectly takes what that character is known for best. Well and celebrates the it. key thing there is and i think we've, we've seen this kind of across the board with superhero games there's sort of two varieties there's the single character there's yep. arkham um you know even original characters you know infamous prototype um spider-man all great examples where it is a single character with a defined move set slash like this is what they do this is their superpowers. Cool, great. That's one thing for the developers to focus on right. the entire game is tailored around how you interact with that world using these abilities Opposite end of the spectrum, you have team-based games, which historically have been better when they focus on just the variety and the size of the roster. Mm -hmm. Like Ultimate Alliance, uh, the Lego games. Yeah. When it's like, it's got 117 different playable characters and they're all Legos, which is like, all right, that's, you know, that's funny. That's cool. It's, yeah. It's, but it's they're a blast. You know, like it's, it is. Yeah. It's, and it's, it works because it's kind of this, you know, cheerleader effect of like, oh, look at them all. I love them. They're all my, all my X-Men are right there. And we've had sort of when, when games try to do, I guess, too, like too solid of a, of a team-based game, like where it, the, the primary selling point is not just the roster. Like the, the roster, roster-based stuff works in fighting games too. We've got like MVC, we've got um, Injustice, where like, it's just a bunch of superheroes beating the crap out of each other. Cool, great. The actual world behind them, I mean, Injustice has environmental kills and all that, but like, it's not the focus. They're not, the devs aren't trying to like have every character, um, you know, balance to tell a, a, a bespoke story for that character uh, engaging in the world. Like, it's kind of all like, it's a little fanficy, you know, it, like, yeah. it works in that, in that area. And then we've got games like, um, like X-Men Destiny. Where it's like kind of, I think you had like a handful of, you, you had like an original character, mm -hmm. which had like one of three different types of flavors of abilities. And then you kind of got to hang out with other X-Men. Yeah. It's like, it's not really the appeal of X-Men. It's kind of like making your own character within this, within this universe. Um, there's also Gotham Knights where you're playing as four people who aren't Batman. And then there's Suicide Squad, which is the same issue. Avengers is kind of the same way where it's like, it none, like none of the Avengers feel like they're really... Like this game is really made for them. They're yes. all kind of doing the same thing. There's, they're all kind of like, 
powerful. They're all getting new gear. What like the Avengers aren't about getting new gear though, you know? Like that's not No, and, yeah. and it's <laughs> like yeah. And and ni- neither yeah, neither is the Suicide Squad. That's the thing that like it, it makes sense like when we're talking about the the Arkham games. I know this one's part of the Arkham universe. Um but like it makes sense when you're playing as Batman. Not as not when you're playing for me anyways, not when you're playing as Harley Quinn, you know? Right. Like she's known for that that oversized mallet. Like, you know, I like not for like upgrading her boots and and you know her, <laughs> her shoulder straps like like th- this is the thing why I, I i don't think they realize like they're working when you're when you're making a superhero video game you you essentially have like a cheat code like because because what what you're working with is like like you have a built-in you're gonna have a built-in fan base so you're gonna have you're gonna have the hardcore yeah. gamers who probably have seen the movies and and the cartoons and whatnot and then you have the casual gamers and maybe some some people who don't just don't game really but they're interested in it because it's like one of their favorite ips are attached to it and what i noticed in the state of play was that they didn't really talk too much about like the the source material like how are we gonna adapt this to what we've seen as like a comic book fan how are we gonna adapt this to kind of make sense for the world that's been right, built right. in dc comics what yeah. sucks is the suicide squad is extremely video gamey like there is a game mechanic right yeah. there it is about a group of you know ragtag mismatched people and it's permadeath like they're sent to do yeah. crazy yep. suicide missions yep. and if they screw up too bad they're dead that's it and if they misbehave they're dead if they go off the mission path they their heads blow up like it's mm-hmm. and it's and it's a their their current version of uh, this game basically i think is a tough sell to hardcore fans of these characters and for people who are like don't really care at all like me it's even tougher because it's like you can you can get me into buy into a game like this maybe if there are characters in it that that i recognize but like i've i've seen both suicide suicide squad movies and i've i've read some of the comics like way back in the day but like nothing about this is going like oh brian you got to play this immediately you're gonna love it it's also like to me it feels like this game was pitched before we saw a bunch of games like this with more recognizable characters die out. Like we've seen a bunch of games of, as a service games die out just this year. A bunch of online like locked multiplayer games have died out this year. And so like this feels like it asked a question when it began development six, seven years ago that has been answered since then. And it's got a really uphill battle, I think. Like I think it's like it's going to be really tough to convince people you need to buy this game you need to play this game and you need to stick with this game and keep playing it and don't delete it and don't trade it in because it's got to live as a, it's a service like it has to keep growing and evolving and staying and it's not just like a, a one and done spider-man situation where it's like i play through that campaign i'm finished with it but then i'll go back and mess around at some point this is gonna be one of those games where it's like they want you there they want you playing it all the time they want you checking in they want you getting those dailies and week weekly bonuses and all Which that stuff it's completely antithetical to a series famous for killing off its characters yes. and leaving them dead yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, Midnight Suns kind of did this, where I think you can have permadeath if you play on nightmare mode, but the idea that you, like, spend all this time building up this character, and then they die, and you can't use them anymore. That's, like, such a... That's... It's ruthless. It's brutal. It's also kind of the defining characteristic of, like, of what the Suicide Squad are about. Uh This is just sort of borderlands with more jumping, you know? It's... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's also, like, there's just a ton of gun-based combat, which is, like, it's fine, Mm -hmm. but it's, like... That's not my favorite thing about superhero stuff. You don't like when the shark uses guns? I mean, it's, I mean, I, I think like in any other context, people. I actually would love but, it. Or sights. Akeem, you're, you're like, you're going to benefit of the doubt this thing though, right? Like you're, I think. Yeah, 100%. You're, I think I'm you're definitely a little more gonna, optimistic I'm, about it than we are. 
Absolutely, yeah. I mean, because th- this is the thing. I feel like, uh, I mean, I'm I'm hoping we just don't have the 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 clear story, the or the 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 clear the, the overall picture of what they're trying to make here. Like, I'm hoping like, with what we said here uh, about like permadeath. I hope that's a thing. Like, I I just don't see sitting in that room, you know, conceptualizing this video game, knowing that it's going to be based on the Suicide Squad. I just don't see them saying like. No one's gonna die. Like, you're gonna. Like, I don't see that happening, and I'm hoping they don't do like the they, they don't do the whole you know where it's like it's part of the story where someone dies, or so it's like a cinematic death for King Shark. I hope it's. I'm hoping that it's like in just gameplay. You get your health is too low, you die, and then that's it. And you have to you have to with whomever you have uh, in your squad, you have to you know keep. That's who is going to be with you at towards the end of the game. So you might end up with just two squad members yeah. towards the end of the game so i'm hoping that these were thoughts like there's no way that we're thinking of this right maybe it is but there's no, I, I would like to think that has been thought of mm-hmm. you know when they were thinking about this game yeah i mean my, i guess my concern is the people who are calling the shots and what this game is or isn't aren't so much concerned with making a faithful suicide squad game that is fun to play as they are with making a successful product you know and that's yeah. the necessary evil of video games is that they're arts and they're entertainment but they're also products and they you know they 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 exist on the because they make money and that's you know yeah reality but uh i don't know um it's just i think it's just a bummer to get two back-to-back not batman games Mm -hmm. it's a weird again it's weird because for the longest time like marvel was just like kind of tossing a shovelware and dc was like here's arkham like here's injustice here's awesome stuff and now they're like like you you guys can make a new batman game whenever you want I, we're cool with that we'd like to play a new batman game seems like it'd be it kind of fun awesome batman movie last year that would have been a you know that's a great basis for that like yeah i mean the, the blueprint is there but hey what do i know? anyway um yeah so let us know what you think are we being too negative on suicide squad uh if so please don't be too negative on us we're just we're just having a conversation we're just talking man yeah just trying to have a conversation what the what's hell? A, what's the problem yeah <laughs> i'm still gonna play it you yeah. know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people. you got something to say you can right. say it i'm sorry, Age, for, I'm sorry about just, my friend here he's just know that it's gonna make us sad, all right? I'm gonna get real, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna get real upset if you if you're mean because that's no, you can be mean to us. That's fine. Um, but uh, I will say if yeah, if you are excited for this game, tell us why. Let us know. Like I this clearly this is they're building this for someone, right? Like they've been working on this thing for a long time. They 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 must have scoped this at some point, uh, tested it with people who are like, oh yeah, this is I, lo- I love this boomerang guy and his nerf guns. This is great. Plus four percent against it's, Batman it's, tainted it's boys. Also got really it. Weird that like with Marvel we got what we got like Miles Morales, we got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and then we got Midnight Suns, which are all like completely disparate, drastically different games. And we got Gotham Knights, which is like four player co op, uh, Batman centric. Um, melee combat and then this is like okay it's four player co-op gun based Justice League centric yeah. co-op and it's like okay it's I, it's the Suicide Squad edition of, of Gotham Knights is what it, you know right. like n- nothing in that gameplay was like wow I mean like uh, the fact that you can swing around as Harley Quinn doing Spider-Man stuff it's, is cool it's pretty yeah. like it looks yeah. it looks like visually it looks good but that's that issue of making a team based game like they could have zeroed in on any one of these characters and been like how do you make a how do you make mechanics and a moveset and tailor a story around this one particular character? Yeah. yeah. You know, also, like, again, if this didn't work for the Avengers after Endgame came out, when that game, that game launched, like, Endgame came out and they were like, this is, we are handing you a silver platter of hype. And that game, that game couldn't deliver. It's yeah. not going to work Brian, for Boomerang. 
Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was. Yeah, <laughs> for Captain Boomerang. That, that's exactly what I was saying. Like, you have a cheat code. Why mm-hmm. are you not taking advantage of it? Like, you have like these these movies and these TV shows that that are being released around the same time. Like, why aren't you capitalizing on this? Like, mm-hmm. That's that's the thing that just kind of boggles yeah. my mind. All right. Well, I really also I feel bad because we had like Matt here for like five minutes and he left. Um, that wasn't the plan. <laughs> Didn't work out so hot. But anyway, um the doors work both ways. He yeah, can he come might, back. I don't that door is actually hard to get into. I had to ask to That's true. It might be locked. Anyway, um I played a <laughs> I played a not great game. I previewed uh Crime Boss Rocky City, which again, pre release build, preview, vertical slice, you know, caveat that up and down. Mm-hmm. Um but again, the game's also out in a month. I had kind of like skepticism about this because this was a game that got revealed at the Game Awards. They had Michael Madsen out on stage to announce that kids should go check out the hit film Donnie Brasco, which he mm-hmm. was in with Al Pacino, but also this game that he's in, uh, which has this crazy cast of like Michael Madsen, Danny Trejo, Danny Glover, Michael Rooker, Kim Basinger, uh, Damien Poitier, who uh, plays Chains in Payday 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has a ton of Payday DNA. It's really, it really. You forgot, you forgot. Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice, yes. Rob Van Winkle <laughs> is there. Uh, and also Chuck Norris. Um, and so this is a huge, like, star studded celebrity lineup. Maybe not a list, but you know some of the most expensive people you can hire on cameo. Uh, <laughs> it's it is uh, it's weird. Like it's, yeah. it definitely has some. Like it's trying to do a payday thing where basically I was playing the sort of the co-op missions thing, which is called Urban Legends, and like you have these you have a cutscene where Michael Madsen and Kim Basinger are like we got to go and rip off Michael Vanilla Ice's cocaine. We got to go get it. He's send a message, and then you and four people squat up and. You pick from different like pre pre made operators who all have like, you know, different loadouts, uh, and the loadouts aren't necessarily like they're not none of them are great. You know, it's kind of like you're like, sir, which do I want? Um, they all have like a bunch of like weird variable sort of like um, traits which aren't right. explained in the menu, so you're not really sure. Like it'll be like one guy is butterfingers, but he's also got bloodlust, and you're like, what is that? What am I doing there? You know, what do I what do I do that? He's he's stout and trained, but also disheartened or like whatever. It's just like a bunch of just kind of descriptors, um, and then like. You know, so the idea is that this is one of those games where you can take any approach. You can take the stealthy approach. You want to be strategic. This isn't just a straight, you know, shooter. This is an organized crime game. You got to get to stay organized. You got to do things all carefully. You know, you and your guys sneak in there and pull the job off perfectly. Um, but like, if you don't have the option of picking a like a stealthy character, you're kind of screwed. You know, like if you can only bring, like you can only bring, you know, guns and like you can maybe throw some rocks as diversions. And- Was it? Was it janky? Because I like I feel like when I first saw this game revealed, I was like, "That's gonna be janky." Yeah, no, it's 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 janky. Um, I I would say visually more polished than I was expecting. Okay, that's good. Like, uh, and it's it's got some charm, and it's again, it could totally turn out being to be like a, a really fun. Um, you know, it's also like it's a forty dollar game, like it's a budget price game. Uh, I I want to I really want to give the single player a shot because I think it could have some like wonderful kind of B movie vibe to it. But the mode that I played, which again is the the mode that they put. They put their that's that's what they invited me to come check out um, was really it was really just kind of uh, just kind of a kind of all over the place. Um, like they're basically this is not a game, but you don't just go in and shoot the whole place up. Anyway, your first mission is go shoot the whole place. up. <laughs> like, all right, we're going to crash from Elias's beach party or whatever. Um, and I had like a, you know, assault rifle and like a, um, you know, like machine pistol, basically. And it just felt like a, like it felt super underpowered. And I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong here? And it's uh 
if we wound up like there's like sort of a, a, a captain that we had to go kill but it, and he had like a big health bar and like so regular guys i'm just like pumping bullets into them and they're not going down eventually they go down then we go shoot this guy and he's not really doing anything boss like you know he's just kind of scampering around in the back and we're all just like pow 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 like just trying to make him go down and eventually he did and then right then they were like the cops are alerted to your behavior and we're like okay we got to get the hell out of here and like cops show up and it's it just it felt like left for dead if the zombies were drug dealers and cops and i don't mean that in like a fun way i mean that in like their ai is just kind of like Aah! i was gonna say that sounded good for a second there. <laughs> yeah no and i i mean it's it also like you know and the, the zombies been, could have been drug dealers and cops in left for dead we'll never really know what their lives true. were like that's very true and we don't judge no but um yeah i wrote a whole, whole preview about it it's it fascinates me because it's this, you know, relative unknown studio uh, coming out with this, you know, it's their first game. It's got a, obviously a bunch of money behind it. Yeah. I worry that maybe they should have spent that money more on the game and less on the, the cast. But again, the cast is what got my attention in the first place. So it's a kind of carton, horse, chicken, egg, farmer's market situation. Children love Michael Madsen. That's, they, yeah, they yeah. can't get enough of Michael Madsen. Yeah, they can't get yeah. enough. Vanilla Ice. I mean, just on the way um, to preschool this morning, my kid was like, "When they're making a Vanilla Ice video game, Dada." And I would I play was cool like, "Oh God, game. I hope soon." Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, Chuck Norris has the worst voice acting I've ever heard. Period. Like, it's just it's astoundingly bad. Like, um, multiple people doing this. It it you can kind of you can kind of hear them reading the lines off of the script, which. You know, yeah, we you 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 clipped some of that mm-hmm. for us. It sounded honestly, it sounded like text to speech. I, I was like, "There's no way this is Chuck Norris." There's there, like it is. I'm I'm against like AI voice acting, but this was a strong argument for it. Mm-hmm. Like it was yeah. it was it was like, "Hey, you guys, you better not come to my town." You like learning, so do, why did I beat you? Do crime? But you could hear where like there was a line break because mm-hmm. it would stop and then pick back up again. It was just like, uh, uh, Chuck, Chuck, could you try that again, please? Uh, <laughs> yeah, did, no. did no one do that? Does... I, I genuinely don't. I, I wonder if it was just like a one and done kind of situation. I shared, I shared that video with you guys about like the NBA 2K voice actors. It's like one of my favorite videos yeah. ever. Cause it's just, it's just like all you can just, you can sell they're reading off their phones and no one is saying anything. And they're just like, Hey, I better take you out in the basketball game game tonight because we got to win this championship oh hell no i can't let yeah. you win no what's and it's, it's was, like no one came in and yeah. said can we do that one more just one more time yeah i don't like michael rooker you can kind of hear him doing that but then he'll also he'll be like we've got to go find this guy and show that butthole gerbil <laughs> like just laughter. and then he'll like finish the line you're like all right he really he's like and it, he's kind of hyping up this like almost like you know joker like character but I think it just sounds like he's laughing at the script, like oh, like it's God. funny, like he just read it for the first time, and it was just like it's, I can't believe y'all wrote this. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's uh, again, it's it's also weird to be like, here's all these huge characters in it, they, you know, this huge part, and then not seeing the single player side of it, and I don't, yeah. I'm, yeah. Anyway, that's about it. We did that. We did the show. This was Beyond number seven hundred and ninety. I'm Max. That's Brian. Mm-hmm. That's Akeem. You probably knew that. We've been talking to you for an hour and a half, but uh, yeah, thank you all for joining joining us and. Uh, I'll be, to, to Winston Churchill's face. Winston Churchill. We have like twenty seconds left. People always wonder like why we have to do this exact time, and that's a great question. We got to do seven, yeah. seventy-eight minutes, seventy-eight whole minutes. There's a guy in the other room. And on that note, hey, can I give my speech about cups? You can do a you know, seven do we have seconds a worth. Seconds? We really don't have five that. seconds. I think really, uh, so th- th- this is this is a cup cup yeah. from the nineties. <laughs> and.
Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.